everybody. Welcome to the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. I'm Dan Hummer. I'm here with uh, the son of the Bushwhackers, Doug. Yo, hey. I'm here with Clintus. Yo. And uh, Eric's here. What up, people? <laughs> what up? We're here to talk about, make sure I, did I lock that door? Sharon's going to body slam me. Oh, no, we're good. Top 20 favorite pro wrestlers of all time. Uh, this is a big one. We all have our individual lists. We're going to go through our 20 favorite uh, wrestlers of all time. I mean, with as much airtime as we have. We only have two hours. Yeah. So after that, we might do a part two or something. It depends how many we get into. Yeah. Uh, we we have two hours, but first we have to talk about a bunch of uh, prima donna uh, bitches first. Yeah. So before we yep. get into it, there is one bit of news topic. We're going to skip Worker of the Week this week since uh, we, we don't have that much time. But we're going to get into CM Punk and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and all that drama. And uh, I don't, I can't think of a better place to start than with uh, Clintus. Okay. Me. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think about all this nonsense? And whose side are you, Team Buck or Team Punk? No, no, I watched the press conference, and I was surprised at how unfiltered it was. And then having Tony Khan not just say anything about it, not try to, like, hit, let's try to move on or nothing, just let it go was just mind-blowing. Yep, it was. It, it was it was really mind blowing. I mean, I, I, I understand maybe you get some heat wrong. You just won a championship. You, you're good, but do you really need to like? If you have a problem with someone, and this is this reminds me of what Triple H said to CM Punk right before their match at um, Night of Champions, that big face to face. How he say how Punk was only in it for itself. And I didn't really believe it after now. I'm really starting to see what Triple H. It's actually just true. Punk is in it for himself. He don't really care about the fans. If you mess with him, he, if he gets on his bad side, he's never going to let it go. Just like when he came back, he took a um when he came back um as champion. Instead of like I um going against going into the promo against Mossy, what he should have, he took a shot at Hangman Page from after. For what? You're not working with him. That, that rivalry is done. It's over and done with. Why do you want to, like, try to bring out something that's so old, outdated, and you're supposed to building up a program with another wrestler right then and there? Just because you're still upset about what he said to you during your heat, during your rivalry. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. I, I agree because – Hangman, and, and this all stems from Colt Cabana, right, Doug? And, yeah. And all that, and yeah. the fact that uh, CM Punk doesn't like him and want like to be friends with him anymore, but the Bucks and Omega thought that he was trying to get rid of Colt, and that's why Tony Khan kind of pushed him to Ring of Honor. He kind of said, go to Ring of Honor. And uh, even though he wasn't being used anyway, he was like a... He was, in, he was in the Dark, in the dark order. order. Yeah, yeah. And then he had to take time off anyway because he's the Brooklyn Brawler on Young Rock. Okay. 
So there you go. That's a good spot for him. Yeah. But uh, so Punk got mad because Hangman went into business for himself, he said. Right. During a promo. First of all, let's explain what going into business for yourself means because Eric really didn't, uh, like people were saying it earlier, and Eric had really has no idea what that means. Well, it's it's wrestling term for... Going off script. Going off script to benefit yourself pretty much. And, and it's not helping anybody else, but... It's not putting anybody else over but yourself. Yeah, you're fucking stealing everybody's shine, basically. And making um, it all... And, that's kind of what he said that Hangman did. He went because it wasn't practiced. Like Punk didn't know that he was going to say that. Yeah, which by the way, Punk is the king of going off. Strong. Yeah, the pipe bomb and all that shit. But I mean, that's neither here nor there. But still, he's kind of that's his shit. He's a double standard scum. He's just better at it than Hangman. I, I mean, Hangman's not very good at it. And, well, because Hangman can't cut a promo. That's why it didn't even like sting when he said it because it was like, oh, he just. He said some more shit. I like him. He's talking about doing cowboy shit. I'm into it. Yeah. The the thing is, and I got into a, you know, I've been getting into a verbal (laughs) spat with a a friend of the show, you know, Professor uh, Pernicus. Yeah, Ken. Uh, Now, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. He's a big CM Punk fan. Yeah, huge. So, uh, yeah, I didn't realize he was a bigger than me. Well, oh, he's always been. I remember back at the house, like yeah, no, years like, ago. Punk, Punk could do. Punk could do no wrong. Yeah, yeah. Punk could, you know, fucking uh, he, he, kill a church full of or, a church full of orphans and still do no wrong in uh, per, in Pernie's eyes. Well, he was like into him in like Ring of Honor, Punk. Yeah. Too, and, like, so oh, okay. Like, the thing is, all right, and he, but not only does he love Punk. He hates the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. So with that, it's just like, okay, automatically you're going to think the Bucks and Omega are wrong. Uh, I hate all of them. Well, Punk Punk thinks that the Bucks and Omega gave information, false information, that Punk wanted Colt out to news publications and shit. And that's what this whole thing stems from. And yeah. so that's what Punk thinks. Apparently, that's what. Um, well, yeah, and Tony Khan doesn't have the balls to say no. Look, this is what. This is pretty much what happened. Tony Khan, as much as he bitches and moans and complains about Eric Bischoff and Eric Bischoff criticizing him, Tony Khan has become Eric Bischoff with a pineapple haircut. It's just crazy him sitting next to. Punk, as he said, and, and like you can see Tony cringe too. He's like, eh. like what is he? Because he's like these fucking dumbasses that call themselves EVPs and that my empty-headed fuck hangman page. And it's like they all work for uh, Tony, and Tony's just sitting there listening to it as this top guy. I I agree that going into business for yourself. It depends on how it's utilized. If it's really successful, people don't care, like how Punk does it. And if it's not as successful, they get mad. But Hangman, he he was just trying to talk some shit, I think. I don't know if he even meant that bad by it. But I, I don't know. I don't know his, uh, like what he was thinking. Yeah, but the, I mean, I, again, they are all friends with Colt Cabana. Yeah. Okay, and here's the thing about Punk. Punk, like, and then you just won the world title – which he shouldn't have even been in the fucking match in the first place. Yeah. But 
because you told Tony Khan, oh, don't worry about it, I'm ready. Yeah. And then uh, you then you say all this shit, the Bucks confront you, Ace Steele, who for some reason has been up your ass for like the last week and a half, I mean, he's a friend of Punk's, but he he's, gets He's the only Punk human friend. Huh? He's his Paul Heyman now. Right. So, he he bites Omega in the fucking face, which are, uh, which is unacceptable. Uh, he's like a fucking five-year-old, okay? But he bites Omega in the face, and then fucking, they have this spat. Tony Khan did the only thing he could do. He suspended the Bucks, Omega, Pat Buck, no relation to the young Bucks, uh, Christopher Daniels, Michael Nakazawa, Brandon Cutler. And he suspended all them, and it was being reported that Punk and Steel were either going to get suspended or fired. Right. So now, miraculously, Punk lets everybody know he's got an arm injury and he can't wrestle anyway. Well, that's what, yeah. Uh, so pretty much. And he died for eight months. Yeah, which that now Tony Khan did what he finally fucking should have done and stripped him of the fucking title. But CM Punk is CM Punk is scum as far as I'm concerned. Uh. He's just very, like, and my favorite line was when he's like, I'm sorry if I have an attitude, but I'm old, I'm hurt, I'm fucking tired, and I work with children. Yeah. And well, it, it was, your, your arm was fine for you, eat a, for you to eat a muffin, but you find out because you fucked up, you're going to get fired, so now you're like, oh, no, I, I hurt my arm. To be fair, I don't know how much weight a muffin really holds. I think you could probably eat a muffin with a hurt arm. I I don't know. See a bunch of pieces <laughs> of shit. Lifted, the Bucks and Omega are pieces of shit. To be honest with you, uh, well, they're they're a disservice to the wrestling. Well, they're actually a disservice to the life forms on this planet. They're on my list. But, That's one and two. Oh fuck you, Matt and Nick. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Like. <laughs> just, <laughs> Let's Let's, get to, can we get to the important stuff? I'm tired of talking about these fucks. No, we're going to give Eric the floor first because we, we I want to hear Eric's opinion. You got 30 seconds. No, you took 10 minutes. <laughs> Let's go, Eric. What do you think, Eric? I'm a punk fan. I'm an Omega fan. I'm not as much of a Young Bucks fan as I used to be because I think they're, I've grown to dislike them from Doug. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. No problem. <laughs> but um, Give it some time. I'll make sure you hate but, Punk and Omega, too. <laughs> I'm getting there with Punk soon. But um, yeah. he, he, Punk has been, I don't want to use this word, but he kind of has been a cancer to this, this year. I mean, last year it was fine. But this year in 2022, ever since he got injured the first time, it's just been, and he came back, he's kind of been a cancer because, I mean, look, when he did, I, I'm not. I'm blaming everybody here. Omega and Young Bucks are not innocent in this either. And Punk said what he said, but he shouldn't have said it right then and there. He sh- maybe maybe said it somewhere else. That that scum was for that that press conference was for all out. It was for the pay per view, not for for um 
you uh, spit your uh, everything out in the open. You shouldn't have done that. It was unprofessional. It was stupid. It made your you, it made yourself look stupid. It made the young bucks look stupid. And Omega and Tony Khan and the company. You put the company out there like that. And it's stupid. And you, all that need just need to go away for a while. I mean, Punk is gonna be away for a while. We don't even know if he's gonna come back. He comes back. He comes back. If he doesn't. Oh well. Whatever. Uh. But we know Omega and the Young Bucks are going to come back. They'll probably be back by the end of the year. But, yeah, I'm not taking anybody's side. I think they're all wrong in this, and, and it was an embarrassment to AEW. That was very well put, sir. All right, let, let, now we can move on and talk about our top 20 favorite pro wrestlers of all time. And uh, I think we're going to start with you, Ducky. Start with me? At number 20. Now, this is our favorite. This isn't best. This is very objective, especially my list. It's not the best who I think is the best, but just my favorite either growing up or even now, just people I really like. Okay. My number 20. Yeah. Uh, and some of these guys on this list are going to be guys that uh, Fred and Barney over here have never even heard of. Okay. Uh, Do you have any women on the list? No. Uh, uh, I do. Why not? <laughs> For reasons I can't say I on air. Uh, my number 20 is Jim Powers. WCW. WCW, a, a former young stallion in the WWF. Uh, did uh, jobs for the company. Actually, did jobs for both of them. One time managed by Teddy Long. Uh, I don't know. I was just like, you know, he had a good build. And I, for some reason, like, I was always just kind of, you know, I thought he had good athletic ability. Yeah. And I thought, you know, he did a really good job. I mean, he, by the way, he was Ric Flair's first ever WWF match. Right. So, oh, wow. Uh, but no, he's, um, but yeah, he was always. Uh, but no, he was uh, somebody that uh, you know I was a fan of when I was when I was younger because I you know I grew up on the WWF, so I liked the Young Stallions and all that. And I always enjoyed watching him, uh, even though he always lost. Yeah, I but, mean, even job guys as a kid, you 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 really get into somebody, you yeah. know. And he really did a good job of making the guys look good, which is important. Which, by the way, like he was the one jobber that like it, uh, he was allowed to make like a uh, a little bit of a comeback on guys. Uh, he was Jerry Lawler's first ever match on Monday Night Raw. What or when, when Lawler made his Monday Night Raw debut the night after WrestleMania 9. And they actually did, like, an angle where uh, Powers came out and attacked him from behind. And then uh, King beat him by uh, by cheating. King beat Powers? Yeah. Who would have thought? Exactly. But, yeah, no, he he's my number 20. Okay. All right, Eric. Who Who do you got? Who's your number 20? Brett Baker. Okay. Um, EMD. Yeah. I, I mean, she's my favorite P 
female wrestler in uh, AEW right now. And I think from what she started from, uh, she wasn't very good. And then she became um, the best. She became the top women's wrestler in, in the company. So, yeah. I mean, I like her. She really is pretty terrific. She She's better than people give her credit for. She is, I mean, everyone wants to shit on that women's division, but she's kind of carried it the whole time. And she was supposed, she was one exactly. of those, like a hangman that was supposed to be like the face of the division. And she kind of has held up her end of the bargain, and, unlike other, some other. Yeah. And what's funny is that women's division has talent. It does. Uh, and what's also funny too, is that her and Thunder Rosa don't get along. They hate each other, but Britt Baker is enough of a professional yeah. that she uh, She's still you know, is willing to kind of, you know, look past the her hatred for Thunder. Well, and that's what makes money, too. And I think you're going to learn, and I wish they could do that if Punk wasn't hurt. If you capitalize off this shit, that's what wrestling's made of. Real heat brings the most money, exactly. and, and it brings headlines. Like that post-media scrum, the last note about it, it did generate headlines for AEW, and it's the most people have talked about AEW in a while. So Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah Britt Baker, she's really And that's good. the last time we're going to see Punk for a while. Mm-hmm. You'll be thinking about it. All right. Clinton, who do you got? I want to go with AJ Lee. I think if it wasn't for AJ Lee, I, I, I don't think the WWE's women's division started wouldn't be with it without without her. I think she was the first like to help bring guys talent wrestling wise talent into the made people want to watch this new age women's wrestling. Yep, good choice. I want to go with kind of similar to Britt Baker, where where. She elevated the women's division. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. AJ Lee did a lot of they, – they love to talk about that women's revolution and who started it and who didn't. But she was really one of the first that was taking it real serious yeah. and was good in the ring. And by the way, you know, while Women of Wrestling makes its 55th comeback, uh, a week from tomorrow night, uh, and it'll be on in – in this area, it'll be on uh, the CW at 11 o'clock at night on Saturdays, uh, and she's the executive cool. producer. Okay. Nice. That's what I like to hear. So she'll be she'll be heavily involved with the company uh, as far as like producing the television show. Nice. Which I'm sure not as hot headed as the dipshit she married. Mm-hmm. She oh. Yeah, punk. Oh, she's the chill one. <laughs> she's sweet. Uh, she's a sweet woman. All right, ready? Yeah, I'm ready. My number twenty is a bit old school, like yours, but even like way older. I went with the missing link, just because he's always been. Uh, I've never like seen him live, obviously. <laughs> but, I like, did one. Oh, did you? Uh. Sharon, remember uh, it was a long time ago that, it, that Elio DePaulo Memorial Show? Yeah. Oh, I do remember that. Uh, we went, a, a bunch of us went. It was Mom, Dad, myself, Sharon, uh, Papa, and Grandpa Hummer and his two brothers. Right. 
And uh, before they did, it was a WCW thing, but Ilio DiPaolo, I think, had just passed away. Ilio DiPaolo was a... He was big, big in Buffalo. Big in Buffalo. Uh, had a restaurant. Yeah, has a restaurant that uh, Kenny Lehman frequents a lot. Uh, or Pernicus, as I referred to him about a half hour ago. Uh, and um, so they did a benefit show for him. It was uh, WCW pretty much put it on. But before they did the WCW matches, they did some le- legend matches, and he was one of them. I can't remember who he faced, but uh, yeah. but no, yeah, no. Missing Link's a Missing Link's a great choice. He was huge in Texas. Huge in Texas. I always watched old clips on YouTube, and uh, eventually some stuff when the network came out, you can find some stuff of him, his old stuff, his territory stuff. He was big in Texas. It was just the fade, the green face paint. Just that he was just so badass. He worked stiff. Yeah. Which, the, he- the headbutt. Yeah, the headbutt. He was just a. He was like, it was one of those like you you're watching him. You're like, wow, he's legitimately crazy. Yeah. And he's like really about it. So I don't I think, know. I think he's still alive. Is he? Uh, he might be. But uh, yeah, he he was one of my favorites. Still is. That's my number twenty. All right. Uh, my number nineteen. Is the dog faced gremlin Rick Steiner? <laughs> you love barking. Yes, I do. I barked at bowling the other day. <laughs> Eric was there. Oh, no, no, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah, he was. Oh, no, never mind. The link died in 2000. Okay. Uh, false information. Uh, no, Rick Steiner is my number 19. I'm a huge fan of the Steiner brothers. Rick is actually my favorite. Rick's the man. Cause, uh, and what's funny is he's the more level-headed of the Steiner brothers, yeah. which you would never think somebody whose nickname is the dog-faced gremlin would be the more level-headed of the two brothers. But he is. But, uh, you know, when the other brother pretty much talks about how he wants to fuck people up the ass... That video's funny. Yeah. Uh, but, no, Rick, it, it's a shame that Rick never really got the single push that Scott got. Yeah. I mean, he, he got into an altercation with Chucky. Yeah, which pretty much killed any and all momentum he would have in the future. He was a great tag guy. He and was. The Steiners are, like, one of the best tag teams ever. So Yeah, and they finally went into the Hall of Fame. Deservedly so. Yeah. Uh, Eric, who you got? My number nineteen is um uh, Bailey. Uh, I I mean I liked her. I liked her when uh, she turned heel, because I think her heel run has been fantastic, especially when she carried that flat flat down for what was it almost two years during the pandemic too. She really carried that um, women's division on SmackDown, holding that title. Her, um, she got better on the mic, too. And she's great in the ring. Yeah. I mean, Bailey is really good. She And she proved, I never thought she'd be a good heel, and she proved that she was a great heel. So, that's good for her. That first time she came out, I mean, when she kind of 
turned or when she kind of turned on Becky Lynch and hit her with the chair and all that, but she was still kind of playing the role of like the tweener or whatever. Yeah. But then when she finally came out, she, you know, cut the pigtails and, you know, then she uh, destroyed the Bailey buddies. That's when it's just like, oh, okay, now we can finally take her seriously. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She, she, she don't mess around. And she was a great baby face, and she was she's a great heel. Uh, Bailey's awesome. She was she's one of the more underrated women. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with that pick. All right, Clinton. All right, I want to go with Ron Simmons. It's number nineteen for me. Farouk. Damn. Damn. Farouk. Not only he was a good tag team, but you also remember he was a, he he did his health. He was the first African American world champion. Out, He's an out absolute there. legend. And what's funny is that like uh, that event, by the way, where he won the world title. Uh, that whole thing was technically set up. Vader needed arthroscopic knee surgery. Yeah. And. They were going to do a thing like Sting was originally supposed to have that match. That's what was advertised. And, uh, but they were going to debut Jake Roberts. Right. And, uh, Jake Roberts was coming in. He attacked Sting or whatever. And Bill Watts was trying to prove that he, I mean, for lack of a better term, he was basically trying to prove he's not a racist. Yeah. So he decided to put the title on Ron Simmons. And Ron got a great response when he won the title. Well, yeah, he deserved it. He was a badass. Yeah. Ron's been good. And no matter what, like, leader of the nation, he's been in such important shit. You know, the APA was obviously, like, really great in the Attitude Era and stuff, but... Uh, as the world champion, he was awesome in early WCW and leader of the nation. He was really good, and he like kind of yeah. passed the torch to the Rock a little bit. He passed the torch to the Rock. Yeah. I mean, he, he was a tremendous tag team wrestler. I mean, not just APA, but also Doom in the early, you know, in the late eighties, early nineties. Uh, he was a hell of a football star at Florida State. Yeah, I think all American. Yeah. It's a great pick. All right. My number 19. This is where I'm going to start getting some shit thrown my way. But this is my individual list. I went Jake Hager. Okay. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The muscle for Jericho. Yeah, I don't know. I have nothing wrong with it, yo. I respect that. I respect that. I respect that, too. I thought you guys were going to make fun of me. <laughs> I personally no, I, I like Jake Hager. But, you know, him being an amateur wrestler and you being uh, a former amateur wrestler. Right. Okay, I can understand wh- where you might like the guy. I mean, I think that he is testicular cancer. <laughs> but uh, I just like I think punk's prostate cancer. It's just I was kind of growing up during his little run. And I always thought, like, he kind of got the short end of the stick. Because, like, he was a good world champion. Like, his money in the bank, he won money in the bank at WrestleMania. He cashed it in. I even liked him in ECW. I know not many people like ECW. But, 
Yeah, People Power, We the People. Oh, no, he wasn't People. He was We the People. Uh, people Power people. Yeah, I got <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, he he was, was really was... good. with. I almost forgot about that, like, half of his run with uh, Cesaro. Yeah. And that was, they should have been tag yeah. champions. I don't know why they never put the belts on those two. That made no sense to yeah. me. But now, Jack what, Swan, was that, what was the team called? The Great American, the Real Americans. The Real Americans. Okay. They were awesome with Dutch Mantel. Dutch was so good. Yeah, and by the way, Wagner was supposed to win the world title at that WrestleMania. Yeah. At at 29. Yeah, he got busted busted over the border. Had Uh, a little of that Snoop Dogg in his car. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I thought he was – he was – he was good. He was a good heel to me, and I think he's good muscle for Jericho in the inner circle. And he's good, like, the he's always played his role, and I think he's always been kind of underrated with what he can do. And I know it's like he – people say the list kind of holds him back from being a talker, but as muscle and, like, as kind of the tough guy role or even just like – He the, doesn't need to talk. He doesn't need to talk. And even him just saying, I'm going to come talk your him. ass. He's not a bad talker either. I think he's kind of yeah. like he's still done some good stuff. Yeah, even with the list, he yeah. still doesn't. His promos stuff. aren't bad, so I like I, I like him. That's my number nineteen. We didn't get anything too bad. No. All right, my number eighteen. Good choice. My number eighteen, and yes, it was a good choice. <laughs> George the Animal Steel. That's a legend for sure. Okay. You. You know, that's what he used to do. Yeah. Uh, And, like, by the way, like, he was so good at playing the character of George the Animal Steel. Remember, he was a college professor. Yeah. Was he really? Yeah. Yeah. And he's in the rig eating fucking wing pads and shit. Yeah, he was a college professor. And then, but then, you know, that was his day job. His night job would be, you know, wrestling. Yeah. Then he went full-time, and, you know, he became this iconic character. I'll never forget the, uh, um, the the skit where him and Albano and Vince McMahon were in a psychiatrist's office, and the shrink wanted to administer shock therapy to get George to start saying full sentences. And you had Captain Lou Albano saying, Mr. McMahon, you know, Mr. McMahon, you know, we're going to, this man, he's going to be brilliant. He's going to be able to talk. He's going to be able to use his medulla oblongata. And like, you know, Captain Lou Albano. uh, I remember that skit. And, uh, you know, Lou Albano, who pretty much, uh, Kenny models his life after. Uh, But um, he, uh, like, Steele was just, like, he might not have been a great wrestler, but he was a hell of an attraction. And he was somebody who, like, especially in the later years, in the mid to late 80s, Vince McMahon could count on him to just go out and entertain the crowd. And then, yeah, he became a road agent. Yeah. Uh, a road agent who Bret Hart didn't like, but, you know, oh, well. Fuck Bret Hart. Yeah. Uh, 
But no, George is just like I was always enthralled with the character when I was a kid. Yeah, I don't blame you. He was awesome. All right, Eric, who you got? I got Adam Page. Uh, he's currently my favorite wrestler in AEW right now. I thought I think he needs to improve on the mic, but otherwise, I think he's a, a good wrestler. He had some classics with. With uh, Daniel Bryan earlier in the year, and one on Wednesday was pretty good. Um, the match against Kenny Omega was awesome. And the match again. Yeah, he just, just had some great matches this year. Okay. So, if he's your favorite wrestler in AEW right now, how the hell is he only 18? Well, there's a lot of other people. <laughs> Yeah, I got to go with you. Yeah. Said. <laughs> it is all time, Doug. Yeah, Doug. Yeah, but you told me earlier that <laughs> mo- that most of your list is current. I said half of my list is current. Give him a hard time. <laughs> That's Doug's thing. Yeah. You're a bull. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if he, if somebody is, like, really, like... It's one of his favorites, fuck. I mean, Hangman is, he is really good. Yeah. No, I'm not saying he's not really good. I'm just questioning the validity of his <laughs> Oh, that's it? Yeah. And uh, some of the, of the people on my list, I, it's the whole career, and uh, the only career I've seen, Dino Page, is basically AEW. That's a good point. Oh, that's a very good point. It's a great rebuttal. I mean, Sharon told me not to give him a hard time, so of course I'm going to give him a hard time. Give him a hard time. Then. Good TV. They're good radio. It's a good podcast. Uh, it wouldn't be Friday night without Doug um, giving me a hard time. This is true. <laughs> that's what makes Fridays Fridays. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, I appreciate your... Um, your uh, take, uh, Doug. Oh, I appreciate that, Eric. I appreciate I appreciate the bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Clintus, it's your turn. Number eighteen. I, I'm gonna go with Adrian Neville, aka Pac, is now. Okay. Pac in AEW, Adrian Neville, and, and I think he, he, he put on amazing – and I'm going right – I'm going all the way back to NST. <laughs> I mean, his matches in NST when he was champion was amazing. What he's doing now in AEW when he gets the TV time to do is also amazing. He, he, he's a, I, I love watching his match, high-flying. He, he, he knows how to keep the crowd into it and keep the attention going. Yeah, I wish he would. I would wish he would use more in AEW. He's Especially such a character. He's so good. Though. Yeah, yeah, he he is. But you go from uh, the man that uh, Gravity forgot, you know, Adrian Neville in NXT. Yeah. Now he's this bastard character where he's supposed to be slow and methodical, but takes a chance when he needs to. Yeah. Uh, and he's with the right guys. Like, the fact that they're the trio's champions right now, like, 
they should have been the trios champions to begin with. Fuck these other assholes who, I mean, technically they're, uh, you know, the elite's the only reason why the belts were made. Yeah, well, well, was always planned for the elite to win the champions in the first place. It yeah. was always, well, yeah. always playing like that. <laughs> well, yeah, they each put down a $15 deposit for the title. I, I, I like, I really, when he started doing that King of the Cuso, it's yeah. <laughs> that shit. That it was really was, good. Yeah. And him and Austin Aries oh, yeah. put on some good matches. And the fact that he held the title for as long as he did. And then they made proved, him lose to fucking Enzo. Yeah. Proved that he was, that he was getting the thing over. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they had uh, Tazawa have that moment. Yeah, but that was a quick little. Yeah, it was a quick thing just to get the crowd in Boston to pop. Yeah, and that was fine. And then he won it back. Having him drop to Enzo was the real catastrophe. Yeah, he thought so too. That's why he left the yeah. fucking company. Yeah. That bothered him. Well, because Enzo's a dipshit. Is Enzo on anybody's list? Uh, no <laughs> way. Fuck no. <laughs> Damn, Mary. Uh, my turn. If we yeah. did um, twenty wrestlers, that he would be in my list. We should do that. Our top twenty least favorite next time. I'm down. Yep. All right, my, my number I'm eighteen. Down. I went with another classic, rugged Ronnie Garvin. So a lot of people, I think, would would make fun of this. Yeah, I actually like it because, like. Even though he wasn't necessarily my cup of tea, he was, you know, he was tough. He was obviously rugged. Uh, and, like, yeah, he didn't have a lot of charisma, but he could knock the shit out of you. He was a tough little blonde dude. And he uh, he main evented the first Starcade that was a pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, with Slayer. I mean, WWF fucked that over by threatening the cable companies. Yeah. It was still dope, though. I mean, he, he worked with Flair. He had several good programs in the old NWA. By the time he got to WWF, he kind of slowed down a bit and didn't do much and just kind of worked underneath programs and stuff. But in the NWA, he was a like full-fledged main eventer, and I thought he was a legend. I liked him better than Jimmy Garvin, yeah. and, and that's a bold statement, but. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is, is that, like, they were brothers in the NWA. Yeah. Jimmy Garvin is, uh, Jimmy Garvin is Ronnie Garvin's stepson. Okay. Oh, Ronnie wow. married really? Jimmy's mother. Yeah. Uh, and here, the funny thing, too, is that, like, uh, when Ron, or when Ron went to the WWF, he went there because of Andre. Because, you know, they're both French, Can- uh, you know, Ronnie Garvin is French-Canadian. Yeah. And yeah. him and Andre got along really well because they could speak to each other in French. Uh, so, you know, we can credit Andre for getting Ronnie there. That's true. All right. You ready, Doug? Yeah, I got to when you feel like yeah that's 10 minutes uh no uh my number 17 is somebody that's technically current although he's not really on tv right now uh dalton castle ring of honor former champion uh he's right 
Buffalo guy. Buffalo guy. Well, Western New York guy. He actually grew up in Rochester. Uh, I just I really like the flamboyant gimmick, and he got it over. And at one point, WWE actually wanted to sign him because they love the character. Yeah. But then Ring of Honor is just like fuck. You know we're, uh, you know we want to keep him. And then obviously Ring of Honor got sold. He's one third of the ROH Six Man Tag Team Champions right now, although he's no longer under Ring of Honor contract. <laughs> Uh, but he's just like, and he's a decent wrestler too. He's an, he actually, he's also an amateur wrestler. Yeah. Good choice. Thank you. That is a, that is a pretty good choice. Uh, all right, Eric, who you got? My number 17, uh, is John Moxley. Um, uh, this, the stuff he's doing right now in AEW is probably probably one of the best stuff in in his career, to be honest. I mean, he's the heartbeat of that of that company right now. Um, he's probably the hardest working wrestler in that company, besides Brian, besides other people. But yeah, and his stuff in WWE I thought was pretty good. It's a shield, yeah. So I mean, that's a tremendous pick. John Moxley's awesome. Yeah, he's got his own style and he does it well. Yeah, and I don't yep. care what people say uh, what people say about him. I mean, he is very passionate. He cut a really good promo Wednesday night. He's one of the best talkers in the building, yeah. and he's also somebody that the locker room can lean on. Like apparently Wednesday night before the show or before Dynamite, him Jericho and uh, uh, Brian Danielson had a talent meeting. Uh. And it was pretty much Jericho and uh, Moxley just trying to keep everybody in a positive attitude. It's like, look, you know, fuck these other guys who want to go around and start fights after press conferences. Just yeah. Everybody keep the morale up. And if anybody, any of you ever have a problem, you know, come to us. Yeah. He, Moxley's like, come to either me or Jericho or Brian. And Brian was making faces at him behind his back. But, uh, like, those three guys are the locker room leaders right now. That's awesome. I mean, and that makes sense. Jericho was always going to be that guy yeah. for them, even though people want to shit on Jericho. Now, do you think that maybe, like, Tony Khan should have made them EVPs? Well, it was – Yeah. I mean, yes, but it was – that's way too late because those are all late pickups. Because, I mean, Moxley was relative – I mean, Jericho no. – Moxley was still in WWE when it happened, so it's not like Moxley was still in WWE. He came at double or nothing. Jericho, you could have, but I don't think Jericho wanted that role. I just think you don't give it. The only one that deserved it was Cody. Let's be honest, and there's probably a reason why Cody left. And and I kind of said it. I mean, we all said it back then that this could be kind of like a look into what's going on. And obviously, with Punk complaint, and whose side you want to take, you know, those three definitely are having some issues, no matter what you want to say. Yeah, but like those three, like Danielson, Moxley, and Jericho, and especially Moxley and Jericho. Yeah. Because they've been there since the beginning, pretty much. Yes, they have. Yeah. Those are two guys that I think, like, if if they were to somehow say, fuck it and leave, Company's done. Yeah. 
Like yeah, Tony Khan I agree with that. go to his father and be like, uh, can I have my controlling stake in the Jaguars back? Yeah. Because they, I mean, it, they've always kind of clung on to Jericho, and Jericho's done some cool shit there, and he's done some weird shit, but he, he's contributed, and Moxley's helped a lot. He's helped carry the brand. He was like the world champion through the pandemic year, what was, which was really hard, and, he's, and he made it work. And, uh, and by the way, he's skipping out on his vacation. He was supposed to take a vacation. And, uh, like, he's supposed to be on yeah, vacation. Yeah, technically he wasn't, he wasn't scheduled for Dynamite this week. Him nor Jack. He wasn't scheduled. It was a last-minute pull because of what happened at Don't All Out. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, they were both supposed to have time off. And then uh, Tony Khan is just like, what the fuck? Like, or no. Tony didn't even call them. They called Tony and said, do you need us here? And he's just like, well, if you're offering, like, yeah. Yeah. So they were there. Monty was going to be my worker of the week. Yeah, I mean, he's the man. Yeah. All right, Clint, who's your number 17? My 17, I'm going to go with Sacha Banks. The boss. The boss. That's a really good pick. If if you talk about some, I mean, again, you know, people say she has attitude problems. You have the right to when you're that good. Yeah. Don't get me started with that. I do think that you know she that she was technically in the right because Vince McMahon, you know, at seventy seven years old, Vince McMahon doesn't have an eye for talent. His eye for talent went blind. Fourth, it's just the eye was focused on some other things, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, but uh, Sasha Banks is uh, one of the gr- greatest women wrestlers ever. Yeah. Definitely a bit there. Yep. And, and don't forget, she's only 30. Mm-hmm. But she still has... Wow. Uh, she still has a lot of years left in her. Yep. If she went to come back. If she could go to Hollywood and become NBA She'll be back. No, I'm saying that she could go to Hollywood being a star there, too. So if she ever wanted to come back. And if she wanted to come back to the world wrestling. True. Um, All right. I went with the, one of the greatest uh, wrestlers ever from Quebec. One of your favorites. Dino Bravo. Dino Bravo. The man, the myth, the legend. One of the best wrestlers of the 80s, 70s. Okay. The issue I I never I never got. Okay, I was never a fan of his because to me, like when I first saw him in the WWF and like you know when I was a kid, he just looked like this out of shape guy who it didn't look like he could work that well. Yeah. But remember, he was on the gas at the time. Yeah. And when you when you do that much gas, like that does kind of take away your athletic ability because steroids did not really have a good effect on him. Steroids made him fat. Yeah, but he still looked dope. 
And he was good in the WWF in the olden days. I liked him with Frenchie. That part of his run was really good. All right, but when he hooked up with Jimmy Hart and that other fat, miserable human being, Earthquake. Earthquake? What? I did not like the two of them together. You don't like John Tenta? No, I like John Tenta. I just I didn't like that whole Earthquake, Jimmy Hart, Dino Bravo package. Why? Because I think that they were three boils on the ass of life. They were heels. That means they did their job. Good point. I like Dino. And uh, I, I thought he was a – they should have did Hogan Dino when Quebec was hot as a territory because he, he like, carried that place before. Like, we obviously haven't seen much footage and stuff, but he carried that territory. Yeah. And uh, it, it was a big one because of him. And then when he finally went to the WWF, I'm sure he's had a couple matches with Hogan, probably, like, five minutes. A couple of TV matches, anyway. But uh, – they should have did that match at like his height. He was one of the best uh, French wrestlers. No, I mean, I can understand why people like him. I mean, I might not have been a fan, but... Okay. Go ahead. Number 16, the big boss man. Uh, a huge fan of the character when I was a kid. Even the... Even the- character when he was managed by Slick. Yeah. He was just like... He was a good opponent for Hogan. He was a good opponent for Hogan, and then he turned into a really good babyface. Not necessarily a fan of him, you know, cooking somebody's dog. That was That weird. was funny, though. That was funny. Poor I mean, Patrick. when you look at the time, when you look at it now, it's just like... <laughs> It's pretty much what they call it. I mean, his even when when he went heel again, even though that had some that heel run had some like crazy shit in it, like obviously R.I.P. Pepper. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Clintus watched him hang off the cage with, yeah. with Undertaker, and uh, that was that oh, yeah. I believe. And then so, don't forget, he he dragged. Oh, Big Show and his dad with the casket. Right? Yeah, which, by the way, Big Show's dad had already been dead 10 years. Yeah, and they did it. The, the whole funeral scene. And it's hard because you're supposed to feel bad for Big Show, but you cannot watch that vignette and not laugh. It's just funny. <laughs> and Big Show's hanging off the fucking casket, and he's driving the truck yelling at him, Yeah, your dad's a dirtbag. He's dead. His fucking Big Show's big ass is falling off the casket. Yeah. It was really funny. So... Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, no. The Kettle from Hell match. Boy. Uh, That was interesting. It was. Until the dog started peeing in the corner. If they would have been a little more real. (laughs) Dogs have to relieve him. I mean, I think it was a good concept of a match. It only got one thing. I think he should I never pictured it as the blue steel cage. I always just pictured it when they first announced it as like, a steel cage of a steel cage on top of the hell in a cell. It really brought me just like, yeah, we had to see more of this, but not with pitbulls. <laughs> I mean, if you were to take the dogs out of it, I think we could have gotten like a a repeat offense of, of that match if the dogs wasn't nowhere to be found. 
Yeah, it's definitely a good match without the dogs, but then yeah. I don't know if it's a kennel from hell. Right. Yeah, no. But, uh, I mean, that match looked good on paper for sure. It did, and Al Snow and Bossman was actually a really interesting feud. They were. All right, Eric, who you got? Another, another um, Pennsylvania native, um, the myth, the man, the legend, uh, Kurt Angle. Uh, well, it's just to say about her. Uh, he's great in the ring. His character was funny as hell. He, he's just a legend. Yeah, I mean, he's amazing. In fact, was probably one of the best too. He's and one of the more low key funny people of all time. His his comedy yeah. stuff in the Attitude Era or the late Attitude Era was really good. One of the more underrated things that he did, him and Undertaker were teaming up. This is before No Mercy 01. And him and Undertaker were going to team up against Austin and Booker T. And uh, Undertaker's pounding on the door saying, Kurt, come on, let's go. Kurt comes out. He's got a red, white, and blue bandana on and sunglasses. Undertaker looks at him and says, what the hell? He goes, well, you're the American badass. I'm an Olympic gold medal ass. <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin and Booker T together make a horse's ass. And Undertaker <laughs> looks at him and says, yeah, take the damn uh, take the bandana off. <laughs> That's funny. And the milk truck thing and he oh, no, the milk truck thing was fucking hysterical. And then, like, the stuff he would do with Edge. Yeah. Well, that was mostly Edge making yeah. fun of him, but it was good. Yeah, no, but Kurt played it off for – remember when, he, uh, you know, when he got his head shaved and then, like, for the first few weeks he had that uh, – he had the wig with yeah. the head gear? Yeah. And everybody was trying to take the fucking thing off. Yeah. And then it took Triple H pulling his pants down and then – the Hulk just grabbing the thing off his head. <laughs> it was so good. Let me ask you guys this. Um, do you think his team... I personally think his team A run was better than his WWE run, but I don't know if you guys agree with that. I do think a lot of the matches were better. Because remember, you know, in like... I mean, he would, he had really good matches, but in TNA... He worked with a lot with better workers. Well, and the thing is, is 99 through 2001, he was still learning. Yeah. And he was still getting good, but he was learning that he was picking up. I mean, the magic he had, like, the old one Royal Rumble against Triple H. Triple H, amazing. His stuff with Benoit, classic. Stuff with Jericho was Jericho, good. Jericho, Eddie at, at 20. Yeah. So, it, it, and... Yep. Like and 2002 Brock. to 2004, yeah, the stuff with Brock was good. The stuff with Taker was good. Like 2003, 2002, Kurt Angle was really good. Yeah. Uh, and then he got hurt and stuff. And when he was on the Perks, old Perk Angle, uh, what they try to call him, uh, in TNA, he might have looked a little, like, whacked and, like, not healthy looking, but he was putting on fucking great matches. Well, in 2009, he well, looked yeah. like he was pretty much, like, there were times where I didn't think he weighed 100 pounds. Yeah. Because he, he, he looked like he was losing so much weight 
And it actually looked like he was getting shorter. And he was doing flips and shit. It was nuts. He, he was so good still, though. Yep. His matches with AJ were really good. AJ, Joe, Sting. Uh, you know, Sting. And Sting was getting too. Yeah. True. Very true. That's a great pick. All right, Clint, who do you got? Number 16. RVD. The whole damn show. I have RVD. I think if it wasn't for RVD, I would never have watched ECW. He was the main Very good point. figure that got me. Good point. Actually, got I was channel surfing one night, and I just saw one of his matches. I had no idea what it was. And I was like, this guy's totally off the wall. I love it. Him and Sabu. I mean, first of all, it was like I fell in love with his move style, with his manager, Bill Alfonso. And, it was, and the whole crowd was just amazing. It opened my eyes to actually give other companies actually a chance to just channel surfing and watching them in one match. I found out it was something more than just WWE worth watching. And he was bringing television. Yeah, you got. Even as a heel, he got over with the people. Yeah. I thought he was like the heartbeat of ECW, basically. You're not wrong. Do you guys think that he should have won the world title in like 2002, 2003? I do yeah. think he was over enough to where. It could have happened. Do I do I blame Triple H? For, you know, do I blame them? You know, Triple H for n- not seeing it? No, because we had only really known him to work like that hardcore style. That's true. So I and can it was see that. Trying to bring him back too with the the renewal of ECW. Which you got, you got him in. He was the first ever dual champion, ECW and WWE champion out there. Yeah. That's very true. Yes, he was. All right. Let's go. My turn? Yeah. 16? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I went with somebody who I just was drawn to as a kid and this is around 2004 he's leaving a tag team and he kind of goes on his own he's the underdog against Triple H and uh Evolution. Oh I know where you're headed. Uh one of my favorites Shelton Benjamin. Always an underrated talent. I'm glad he kind of got to come back and have a little bit of a run and be a part of the hurt business and stuff and that was a big part. even though he was kind of in the background it was still like I was happy for him cuz I've always loved Shelton Benjamin. Yep. He was he always just the most athletic guy in the room. And also, like, they would shit on his promos. I thought he wasn't a bad talker. The only stuff that I thought, like, was corny was when they brought his mama in. But even that was kind of funny. And, uh... Yeah, by the way, she was not a very popular woman. Like, the ratings might not have been, like, what they were in the Attitude Era. But when he was going against, like, Evolution, when he got drafted to Raw and they got the stitches in his head and he beat Triple H and he was doing all this, like, he was hot. He was over. He was white hot. Yeah. 
And he would like yeah. Shelton was uh, Sky was the fucking limit, and with the Intercontinental Title run and stuff, like that was really like his time. And you know he had you know a good run in ECW, the revitalization. He had a U.S. title run, so he's done a lot of stuff over the years. And the world's greatest tag team stuff with Charlie, they've reunited about seventy-two times, and it's always good. When they brought it to Ring of Honor, it was good. Shelton's just somebody that you can always rely on to put on a good match. And I think that's why... Oh, I'm that's always... definitely. Hard worker, yeah. too. Super hard worker. And he's just like... And he was in that crop of guys, that legendary crop in OVW of John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Batista, Orton, and Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. So... And, like, Cena even talks about being jealous. Like, he's like, I thought Shelton Shelton was, like, the one of the group. And he, like, proved it. He was so good in the ring. He wasn't a high flyer, but he was, like, really agile. And there was something about he his had great agility. Great agility. And he could do high fly type stuff, but not really. And it's it was still had an amateur wrestling background. And what about it. that vertical leap? The vertical leap. I like his – he hit a, a mean pay dirt. You know, the, the whiplash kick, whatever that was, the... Uh, the, uh... Oh, there's a cool name for it, too, but I forgot it. Son of a bitch. Oh, the dragon whip. Yeah, the dragon whip. He he had some really... He had a good move set. He had a good style, and I really enjoyed him in the ring. So, I'm going to My number 15 is somebody who technically wasn't as good in the ring as Shelton Benjamin, but he was entertaining. Yeah. Steve Mongo McMichael. Uh, Mongo is, is a classic. He's a horseman. He's a former Bears player. And, you know, he he's going through some tough times right yeah. now. Uh, but, you know, he's a fighter. Mongo's in our prayers for sure. Yeah, he's a fighter. Yeah. Uh, you know, somebody put in the old school group that we have on Facebook, uh, he uh, somebody posted a picture of him with Flair and – Believe it or not, Flair was actually the one in the picture wearing pants, uh, yeah. with, which is very hard to believe. Uh, but, you know, Mongo, just like, he was a commentator, and then, you know, he became a wrestler, he became a horseman. I love the Halliburton thing where he would just smack guys in the fucking head with the Halliburton. Uh, and, you know, he could get heat. Yeah. Just mainly from his wife talking. Which, by the way, like, I, I'm sure, like, you know, he was married to Deborah for almost 12 years. Uh, and to be honest with you, I would not be surprised if Mongo quit talking to his mother for a long time, because his mother's actually the one that introduced him to Deborah. <laughs> So when he got divorced, I'm sure he called his mom and said, thanks, mom. You're out of the will. <laughs> Mongo was a lot of fun. He was. He was just like, his promos didn't really make a lot of sense, but I used to love it when he used to scream into the camera. I know you've talked about how you really don't like it. When oh, the and the camera. Well, Mongo, you can hear what he's saying because he's so damn loud. But my problem with... WCW. I think it was Public Enemy you were bitching about, right? It was everybody. Because everyone fucking talked to the camera and you don't know what the fuck they're saying because their music's playing. So it's like... Uh, I mean, you can understand. I, I well, couldn't really understand. Because you have microphones right? for a fucking reason. Yeah. Use them. 
But, like, if you're somebody that talks loud enough. Yeah, Mongo made it work. Mongo made it work, and I think Booker T and Stevie Ray kind of made it work. Public Enemy didn't really make it work because their theme song was dubbed over. So their theme song actually had to be louder than. Yeah. Cena does it okay. All right. Eric? Uh, my number 15 is another legend, uh, The Undertaker. Um, another legend. What else is there to say about The Undertaker? He went undefeated in WrestleMania until WrestleMania 30. He's just great. One of the most popular wrestlers of all time. And finally got into Hall of Fame this past year. Was it, was it this year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's, he is one of the, the greatest of all time. I, I'm surprised. Uh, I mean, he would pro- if this was a best list, he'd be on everybody's list. Uh, and I, I agree. He's re- I mean, as the American badass, as the dead man, whatever he is, he, the Undertaker was the ultimate team player for the company. And there's so much respect for him. The WrestleMania streak, just everything. He he's probably contributed more to wrestling than anybody. If you go, if yeah. you go back to his early days, like with the char- when the character was first introduced, and it was so one dimensional. Yeah. Go back and watch like some of his matches, like him working with some of the guys that were considered like the top baby faces. I think the first good match he actually ever had was actually him and Davey Boy. Yeah. It was on a uh, it was on a Coliseum video, and it was because this is when he started uh, when they started really grooming him for the for the program with Hogan. Because they figured, okay, because he was actually working Davey Boy on the road. Right. Because, uh, you know, they figure, okay, well, we got to get him ready for Hogan. Uh, Warrior told us to go fuck ourselves. So, you know, all right, we'll, we'll put him against Davy Boy. Davy Boy will get him ready for Hogan. And his matches with Davy Boy, you know, back in that early area when he's not supposed to be a good wrestler, yeah. were actually pretty good. Yeah. He's just, he's been a part of so many iconic moments. He could have 10 episodes about him. The whole series. Honestly, we've done quite a few episodes that have actually been focused on him. Yep. All right. Clemens, who's your number 15? My 15 will have. To go with Taz. Who? Taz? Yes, Taz. The human suplex machine. His ECW run was really good. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I'm not a fan of the WWF run. I'm not really a fan of him as as a commentator, but his ECW run when he was that killer. Yeah. And uh, that's the one. That's the guys I'm talking about. Yeah. That killer run. 
And that killer, uh, being the killer and also being considered one of the most miserable fucking people on the planet. My kind of guy. Yeah, that dude was, he like, he just seemed dangerous. He was like a Brock Lesnar before Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's sm- a lot smaller than Brock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seemed, like, he was a little guy, but <laughs> he seemed tough. Wee little fella. Wee little boy. All right, my number 15, I believe. I got my first female on my list. I went with Gail Kim. A TNA legend. Uh, overall, probably one of the best female wrestlers ever. Uh, she she's had great matches with like Awesome Kong and Angelina Love, who talks shit to you on your trivia game. Yeah. Oh, by the way, for anybody that has the opportunity, Ultimate Wrestling Trivia, which is an app that you can put on your phone, oh, it's yeah. actually pretty fun. Just give them free plugs now. Right. Is she um the one that married Robert Irvine? Gil yeah, Kim yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. He's got good taste in women. And she's got good taste in men. Yeah. Because he can cook. Uh, but she she is, she's classic. She's a how many time knockout champion? At least three. Six, I think. Yeah. yeah. The first so, ever. The first ever knockout. Everything that the women's revolution did was catching up to Gail Kim and TNA. So that's all there is needed to yeah. say. She really started the real revolution. It started in the impact, you wouldn't say that. Or TNA, I mean. Sorry. And she got fucking buried both times she went to WWF because they they weren't there yet on the actual wrestling. Yeah. Today, she would have been the top star, but they were still in the bra and panties faces both times she tried to go. Yeah. And, I mean, it's it's a shame, but, like, again... It's just different time. Yeah. All right, ready for my 14? Yeah. Gentleman Chris yes, Explain. So he's a uh, territory guy, huge in Texas, worked at UWF. He, uh, you know, he was one of the original users of the super kick. Uh, and but like he just he was a good baby face, but he was an excellent heel. Yeah. And him and Gino Hernandez is the dynamic duo feuding with the Von Erichs, and then him and Gino were going to start feuding with one another, and then Gino died, and uh, people actually suspected that Chris Adams did it. Yeah, but he didn't. No, he didn't. It was a drug dealer that Gino owed money to. Right. Uh, well, it's not official, and uh, so if that dealer is listening right now, I still believe you. This is... uh, but, no, he's just like, again, like you can look him up. A lot of his stuff is on uh, Peacock, on the World Class episodes. He just he was just a phenomenal worker. Phenomenal, Sharon. Phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal. All right. He's the one that had the super kick before the super kick, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, Eric. Who's your number 14? 
uh, Edge, uh, Edge, another legend, of course. Um, and he's still currently wrestling. His stuff yeah. right now is he's before, when he came back, he was he was uh really good. I wish he had another title run. Um, but his match with Randy Orton and WrestleMania was okay, but his that feud was pretty good. I love that. That feud was awesome when he came back. And then his triple threat match with uh, Brian uh, Roman Reigns is really good. And then his classic with John Cena, of course, and Taker and Batista. And then his TLC stuff, Christian. He's just an all-around hard worker and great wrestler. Great guy, too. I mean, he got screwed over with this whole Judgment Day thing, you know, yeah. because of the whole supernatural thing and all that. Now, I mean, to be honest with you, now the Judgment Day thing is kind of stupid. Yeah. Uh, you know, they put Dominic Mysterio in there. Uh, we all call that. Because Rhea Ripley made a man out of him. But don't, mm. get, me, don't get me started on Rhea Ripley. Because, like, they're actually... Uh, like people apparently are comparing her to China, and she's just like, "Oh, it, it's great that people are thinking of me." No, people are comparing you to China because you're fucking ugly. China right? was hot. China was ugly at one time, and then she got, and then she got hot. Uh, Rhea Ripley is China pre-surgery. Jesus Christ! No comment. I have to disagree yeah. with you on that one. Wait, you actually think Rhea Ripley's hot? I don't think there are all things no I, I think the way I compare to China. Now look at her and say, "Oh, she she looks just like China." And now when she's doing it, compared to when I say she looks like China, I don't like. I, I mean, the way how she's being used now. That's what I mean when she's like she reminds me of China in a way. Not like the whole she looks like China, she got to be like China. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but what she, how they're using her now, attacking the men, how she's going after the men, how China used to do. Yes, I want to compare it to her in that, in that sort of way. Yes, I will. I will she compare it to her in that. But not she as beat up Dominic Mysterio. Both of our cats oh, so can beat up Dominic Mysterio. So what? It's like a fly. She was beating up people too. She. Look at what China did to Sergeant Slaughter. Remember that? That's true. Well, we're going to see an obituary in the paper tomorrow for Sergeant Slaughter since Clinton just compared him to Dominic. Dominic's one of the best (laughs) talents of our generation. Well, (laughs) that generation sucks. Uh, Wait, so whose turn was it? Yours. Uh, oh, that, oh no. Eric won at that edge. Okay, yeah, edge is awesome. Uh, <laughs> he was top ten heel of all time for sure. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Clintus, who do you got? Rhea Ripley. <laughs> no, I got Nikki. <laughs> oh I'm my god! Put Nikki on there. Oh hell no! I'm hanging up the call. You have to put it on there. No, Nikki Bella. Oh, Nikki. Yes, I, 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 I'm telling you, 
I, for what she, I don't care what everybody said, but she did help make the women's division what it is today. So, so letting John Cena put his pecker in her toaster <laughs> helped the right, women's division. Get over that. She was the girlfriend of John Cena So yes She got what she wanted Is that yeah, how everybody looked at girlfriend. her ass? She was more a fuck toy Hey They were in a serious relationship <laughs> Serious enough to where he finally After like three years proposed to her So she shut the fuck up Even though he had no intention of marrying her Yes he did she was the one that broke the wedding off, okay? She broke it off. Wait, she's the one? Yeah, she was the one that broke the wedding off, okay? Get the story oh, right. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's what she broke up with Phil. Yeah, because she's an asshole. <laughs> no, it's because of that she realized that she was, he wasn't going really, he was just not, wasn't really didn't want to give her what he really wanted. And what she has now. Well, yeah, he didn't, she he didn't want to. See, the thing about John Cena, and, and I, it, I'm not knocking him, but, like, he is really good with, like, other people's kids. He just but he just doesn't own. think, I, I because he's so busy, I don't think he, he thinks he'd be a good dad because he'd never be around. He wouldn't be. And I think that's why he said he never wanted kids in the first place. He right, told exactly. That. <laughs> because he would be he would be afraid of not being a good dad because he'd never be there. Yeah. So and and that that's not knocking him because to be honest with you, that's actually a very valid reason. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and who the hell would want to pay alimony to Nikki Bella? She's the star. I mean, she's already draining money from people to begin with. She kind of ran shit for a while there and the total divas fame and stuff before the women's revolution she was kind of carrying the torch for the women and she did I will say her sister has always been an abortion in the ring she is not good at wrestling but that's a terrible term to be using in the current climate so I apologize her sister's not very good at wrestling but Nikki got better and better and better and better uh, as time well, went on. And you could tell she was working with well, Daniel Nick, Bryan. Nikki did, yes. Nikki Nikki got really good at wrestling towards the end. Because I, I think Bree didn't really want it, to tell you the truth. Yeah, Bree never really – she was always botching shit. I, n- I never thought Bree was good, but Nikki actually did get pretty good in the ring. Yeah. And to tell you the truth, she wasn't really trading with Daniel Bryan anyway. Yeah, it was more Fifth Finley because tra- Fifth Finley's the one that trained all the girls. Right. Oh wow. It's like Brie always had a problem. Brie actually had a problem with Daniel Daniel training um, Nikki. Why is it that there always has a problem with uh, boyfriend like, and husband well, I, guess, with the other well I guess because at the time, Brian was also going to his depression stage and not being able to wrestle. And then him oh, yeah, okay. being around in business it was not really working. 
I forgot. You're a fan of Total Divas, weren't you? Wait. Oh, yes, I, I was. Bree was, was, <laughs> was afraid of uh, of uh, Brian kneeing Nikki in the face or something. Like, no. it, it, was that the issue? Is that like she no. thought he was going to get like PSD, PTSD and knee her sister in the face? I mean, if that were the case, I'd see it like, yeah, Nikki, go ahead, train with him. Get bleeding in the tits. It's fucking big enough. I'm going to be you in the tits after this. Yours are bigger. <laughs> Yours are saggier. All right, Harley Race is my pick. For 14? Yeah. That's, That's a really good pick. Thank you. That's an excellent pick. I mean, he's no Nikki Bella, but... <laughs> Nobody's Nikki. Uh, I have to put yeah. on. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't blame yours. You. So leave me alone. <laughs> I understand. Harley Race is probably a lot better than Nikki Bella, though. Yeah. Uh, he's legendary. Uh, he passed the torch. That he was in my movie last week. Passed or two weeks ago. Whatever the fuck we did that. I can't even remember. Uh, I don't know. You gave me the eye like you were ready to correct me, so I didn't know if I said something wrong. Uh, Hardly race. He beat or he lost to Ric Flair. He passed that torch. He was the NWA champion, and he was kind of the model for class. Yeah. And he was a badass, hard nose. He kind of so he just talked when he was doing a promo. He wasn't yelling. He was just talking, and he was very legit. When you think of Harley, you think legit. And he was a great manager to Vader and shit too in his later years. And King Harley Race and stuff with Junkyard Dog. He's always been really good. You don't like Harley? No, I do. Okay, cool. Uh, what's your pick? My number 13 is Razor Ramon. The bad guy. Scott Hall? Him too. Uh, you talk about somebody who... He... You could tell that he he really did enjoy being in the ring because his work is, was really good. Yeah. And he was also very creative. But, like, he, he, you know, he said in interviews before he died, you know, like, Kevin was there. Kevin Nash went to WCW. Like, he was basically there for the paycheck. And, and just wanted to go there, collect his money, do whatever he had to do on TV. He really didn't like the work. Scott Hall did not mind wrestling. Like, he would go to, like, the TV tapings and stuff, like the the, uh, the the worldwide tapings back when they were still doing worldwide. At the, I think it was Universal at the time. Right. And, like, if they needed – like, he wouldn't necessarily be scheduled to work, but he would go and be like, hey, do you want me to get in the ring? Like, I'll go out there, I'll wrestle if you need me to. And a lot of times, like, guys would take him up on it because he he liked what he did. Like, it was a paycheck to him, but he didn't mind earning the paycheck. When he would throw that toothpick, he was the man. Yes. And, uh, you know, he started the NWO. He's just been a part of so many... uh... Big moments in professional wrestling. Yeah, exactly. For WCW and WWF. Mm-hmm. All right, Eric. Uh, my number is thir- 13, right? Yeah. Yeah, 13 is Sting. 
Um, another legend in this business. He's still active, but not very active, but he's been in WCW, TNA. He was a leg- legend in both co- those companies. And he's, he's doing himself all right in AEW right now. And then he had that small run in WWE, which I don't want, we shouldn't be talking about, but it was okay. <laughs> and he, he's a legend. It's kind of hard to decide who to blame for Sting's, you know, bad run in WWE. Triple H. Well, I mean, well, Triple H tries to defect the blame and put it on The Rock. Yeah. Because, like, Triple H couldn't lose to Sting that night because he had to build the match with Rock for WrestleMania 32, which anybody with a fucking brain in their head knew Rock wasn't going to do it. You don't need to win, and then how does that build it? That's a year later. Well, because they were because they were going to do that segment later on with Rock and Ronda, yeah, and uh, Triple H and uh, and Stephanie, yeah. Fucking stupid. Yeah. No, Sting's a great pick. Your list is the the best so far, Eric. It's better than thank you. Other. I'm surprised we haven't had um, similar. I mean, somebody, the same wrestler on, on our list yet. I mean, that's how you know it's favorite and not best. Yeah. We're probably... Exactly. I was just going to say, do you want to go to 11? Yeah. What are we on, 13? Yeah. Uh, so, quite yeah. a thing, you have to do your 13s, and then we'll do the 12s and the 11s, and then we'll all... Uh, you Get know, the meet, fuck out of here. Yeah. We'll all meet up in the naked steam room. No. All right, Quentin. Uh, right. part two next week? Yeah, we'll do uh, I'm going to go with the. I'm going to go with Miz. The gift the Miz. of gab. Huh? Yeah, the gift of gab. He's one of the best talkers, right? Yes. Yeah. Hey, to me, I want to compare the Miz as the MGF when it comes to all my skills of AEW. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people, me and myself including, compare those two. Yeah, it's a great pick. Miz, Miz is iconic. Yeah, exactly. Great heel. All right. Uh, I went with Alexa Bliss, Little Miss Bliss. She Aww. had to make. She had to make my... I had to put my wife on the list. Uh, she only made it 13, though? Yes, number 13. Because uh, she... I do think she's one of the unsung heroes of the women's revolution and one of the most underrated girls. Because she isn't the type of worker like Sasha is or Bailey, But she is... She was a really great heel. And she proved that she could be a really good baby face with Nikki... It was Cross at the time, right? Before it was Ash. Yeah. Nikki Cross. Yeah. They were a fun, like, good tag team that you wanted to root for because you felt for them. And then, you know, she started taking weird turns in her storyline with the whole Fiend shit. But that was really interesting at first. And it, it was good for a few months, for sure. Got a little weird and a little stale, and who knows what the hell she's doing right now. But she has been... I mean, she she was on top for a while. She's gone into WrestleMania as the women's champion like three times. Uh, 
two or three, yeah. So I mean, she she was on top, like but like she beat Becky. She's beaten Sasha, Sasha. She's beat all these you know legendary women, and uh, she's defended that belt. And you know, like even the SmackDown Live era, like 2016 and on, it's kind of been the Alexa show. She kind of ran things for the women, so. And she was the heel that you were always chasing. Like, she's the one that dropped the belt to Ronda. She beat Ronda. She cashed in, or did she beat She beat Nia. Uh, Nia. She beat Nia. She, she cashed in when Ronda was, uh, when Ronda was wrestling Nia. Yeah. Who'd she pin? Uh, she pinned Nia. Yeah, and then, like, she even, yeah. Nia Jack, she made her look like a good baby face at WrestleMania. Yeah, you were we, rooting for Nia Jax. And we, which is weird, because you have Alexa Bliss, who should technically be the underdog, but she was a bully, and she got Mickey James to play the bully part, too. Yeah, and that was actually a good storyline. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, Nia Jax, you know, big girl who, unfortunately, she was getting, uh, she was getting shamed, she was getting made fun of. And it was it, that was actually I mean yes I think it made people feel uncomfortable but personally I thought it was a good storyline. It was a great storyline, especially when you know the people and like Alexa Bliss is this little like sweet woman that would never be mean to anybody. But when you turn on the camera, she's a devious little bitch, and she played that role perfectly, and that's what she was supposed to do. She was the perfect heel because she made you want to see her get her ass kicked, and then she did the job for everybody. Yeah, which, like, again, it doesn't make sense, like, because, you know, she's making fun of somebody for being overweight, and she has a pet pig. Well, I mean, she had. Larry Steve. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah, and it, it, that was a... F- that know. was wrong. He is, but he, he is might wrong. be. I don't know. But she she was amazing, and uh, she she's still really good. And I think she she deserves to be in my top twenty favorite wrestlers. So there you go. All right, Doug, who's your number twelve? Wild Bill Irwin. Who, if I ever get my head out of my ass, I will be calling at some point to hopefully get him on the show. Yeah. Yeah, well, I have his number, and I have Hollywood John Tatum's number. I might do that this weekend. I'm not sure. You're always name-dropping. Yeah. Uh, Get them recognition here on the show, even though everybody knows who they are. Nobody knows who we are. They know who you are. Wild Bill, and the funny thing about his character is, as one of the long riders with his brother, Scott, like, they were a top team in Texas, and then... You know, they were the super destroyers under the mask. And they were a top team in Texas. And then, you know, he went out. I mean, he's more famous for the stuff he's done in Texas, even though he grew up in Minnesota. He was he was trained by Vern Gagne. But he's had, I mean, and even the stuff he did as... Uh, as the goon in the WWF, like it was, it was goofy. Yeah. But he did his damnedest to try to get it to work. Yeah. He tried to make it over, you know? Yeah. Yep. All right. Eric, you're number 12. My number 12. <laughs> Question. Um, I mean, I, I mostly like this uh, TNA run more than 
his WWE run, but he was a legend in TNA. Is is stuck with Angle, Sting, Joe, all, all that stuff. Christian Cage. He's one of the best underrated heels in in my mind of all time, especially in TNA. No, I can see that. I mean, I I don't really like what he's doing now. You know, the whole thing with Jungle Boy Jack Perry and uh, Duchasaurus. Uh, oh, Ducci? Yeah. Like, I think that whole fucking thing is stupid. But, no, I could think, no, his TNA run was great. Christian Kate, yeah, but those yeah. first couple promos against Matt Hardy were really fucking good. Yeah, it was. Why aren't you responding to me? They were. They were really good. Oh, the, in AEW? No, I said they were. No, I'm, th- I'm talking to Doug. He's just looking at me. Yeah, no, yeah. The stuff with Matt Hardy when he was talking shit about Jeff. Oh, yeah. Jeff just got it was really good promos. They're looking off into the balance. Uh, but he's yeah. underrated on the mic. He, he's underrated. That's what I'm saying. He has a really sharp tongue, and he's proved it, like, lately. He's a really good talker. And, like, his t- he is one of those, like you said about Kurt, Christian was defendi- definitively better in TNA than he was in WWE. But he he did still yep. have some good work in WWE. And when he won that world title against Del Rio with Edge there and everything, like, that was that was yeah. a heartwarming moment. And even that moment, like, a couple of years ago when they were in the Rumble together and they just looked at each other and hugged and stuff, it was very that, nice. That was, that was a nice moment. Like, you know, Vince not really capitalizing on it because again he he was afraid of how injury prone Christian was. Yeah. And he was. To a point. Oh, yeah, he's oh well he's hurt now too. That's why the that's why they had to do this thing with Luchasaurus at the beginning of the like before Jungle Boy even got in the ring. Because Christian yeah. Christian was hurt. He couldn't do a long match. These guys are getting fucking old dude. Christian's been wrestling since nineteen ninety eight. Damn. It's 2022. Yep. I mean, you do the math, that's a long fucking career. Well, he was wrestling even before, age. before that. Yeah. So. All right. Plymouth, you're number 12, sir. Bully Ray. That is an underrated one. Did he say Bully Ray? Yes, he did. Oh, God, we need Yes, to I did. No, we are what? not firing anybody. Bully Ray blows. No, he was really good in TNA. Are you serious? He's a fucking asshole. <laughs> so are you. Um, yeah, but I should be on yeah. nobody's favorites list. You're mine. <laughs> of course you'll say that, though, Eric. <laughs> no. no, at least you have one fan. I agree with Clintus. Uh, Bully Ray was really good it, as part of the Dudley Boys too. Obviously, one of the best tag teams ever. Well, yeah, no, you can't discount his. Uh, but even his as run. Bully Ray, he was good. Yeah, because he could play that bully character because he actually is a bully. He yeah. is a. I mean, he he is a bully. So I will actually, in reality, he's a fucking bastard. But you couldn't call him fucking bastard Ray because you can't really say that on TV. That would be interesting. Yeah. That's a fucking bastard. All right. But, like, he's just, I don't care for him as a person. 
fucking like I mean yeah I, I don't either like the character and all that that's fine I think he's a piece of shit especially for the fact that he said that Moxley needed to apologize to people because he wanted to get himself healthy he's another guy that opened his mouth too much I think next time he opens up his mouth somebody should remove his fucking tongue Jesus Christ Bully Ray was really good his matches with AJ were underrated no, yeah, they were. That he was a good TNA World Champion. Yeah, when the company, yeah, he was a good TNA World Champion. He was a World Champion when the company was fucking dying because they they couldn't even do. Uh, they only did like four pay per views that year. How many pay per views does AEW do? Well, no, they're doing. <laughs> but see, TNA went from doing a pay per view once a month to only doing it quarterly because they didn't have enough money to run everything. How many pay-per-views does AEW do? Well, now six. <laughs> Thank you, Tommy. Technically, Forbidden Door doesn't count. That is a co-promotion. <laughs> Quarterly pay-per-view. The rule book it counts. I just know it's going to be one of like a, one- a one-off pay-per-view. Yeah, you're right. You are right. It's still Sorry. technically <laughs> four. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Uh, but, yeah. Whose turn is it, mine? Yeah. All right. I went with the Viper, Randy Orton. Loved him as oh, there he is. The first one. I know he's probably on a couple lists. He's on mine. I mean, we're not going to get to him today because he's on the second half of my list. But... Those early days that I was talking about. Yeah, he's on the second half of my list, too. When I really started to remember professional wrestling and I knew what was, like, fully going on was, like, 2004, 2005. And, like, Shelton was the top baby face for me, even though, like, Benoit and shit was there. But uh, I always loved Randy Orton. Even though he was a dickhead, I found that awesome. I guess that tells you a lot about me. But I, I thought Randy, like, he was, like, talking shit to Mick Foley and stuff and... Like he was cocky and he was cool and there was he wore the suits and he was just this like young douche. He was a perfect heel, and he's a perfect crazy bastard. Yeah. When once he started doing the voices shit, it was money, and he can do that as heel or yep. baby face either way, and it's always amazing. He he's that guy that can do either. Sometimes as a baby face, he gets a little bland, but the RK bro stuff was a lot of fun. So he's always he's always in something somewhat special. He's had better years than others, and there's some years he's kind of mailed it in, but there's also, like, the, he well, mailed in maybe... he broke his back, I mean, he wasn't mailing it in. Him and Riddle were, like, no, they were the top money. Back in the company almost. Yeah, he's only mailed it in, like, once or twice. Like, the shit with Bobby Roode, maybe, in, like, 2016. But, the like, he tried with the stuff of Bray. It never really landed. Mm-hmm. But uh, he also, like, the, his his rivalry with Cena, people want to shit on it, but it is one of the better rivalries. And he, he's had great I matches. I agree with that. He's had great matches with everybody. Yeah. So you can't count. Triple H, Batista. Oh, he's a staple. When you think Ruthless Aggressionary, you think Cena, but you also think Randy. Exactly. Yep. And Batista. All right, last one. Number 11. Vader. The man they call Vader. He is probably one of the best big men. 
in wrestling history. Uh, yeah, he could be a little rough. He could be a little uh, grumpy. And if he hated you, he would probably try to kill you. But to me, nobody could really match the intensity of the big guy. No. And I thought his WCW run was better than anything he did in WWF. I would agree with that. Yeah. All right, Eric, your mm-hmm. last pick of the evening. My my uh, number eleven is probably someone that's going to be on your list, Daniel. Uh, we just talk, I just mentioned him earlier, just a minute ago, uh, Batista. Yes, sir, he is. He's, one, he's one, one of the best. One of the best wrestlers, not wrestlers, but one of the be- my one of my favorites in the uh, ruthless aggression era. That's when I got back into the wrestling, so that's why he's on my list. Yeah. No, he he's the man. I'm going to talk about him more next episode, obviously. Yeah, that, that's why that's why I didn't say much about him. I know you. I know you're one of his favorites. So. Oh, I let you have the floor for that. Yep. Uh, no, but Batista, yeah, he he's one of my favorites of all time. So. I uh I agree with you. <laughs> All right, Clintus, who's your number eleven? All right, I want to go with our truth. I'm not like this on the character. I'm talking about the old school R truth back in NWA TNA R truth. We was putting on those amazing. Yeah, Ron Kill. Very underrated. Former NWA champion, by the way. He's super underrated, yep. and he should be commended for how he stayed relevant for this fucking long. And he's like... 50 years old now, by the way. He's super... And he's yeah. 50 years old. He's older than John Cena, and he talks about, like, growing up idolizing John Cena. And I just... Like, he's so funny. He's one of the humor acts that doesn't get old for me. Like, him not knowing what the yeah. fuck is going on is so hilarious. <laughs> And I'm coming after you in the Royal Rumble, Paul Heyman. <laughs> yeah, Paul Heyman. <laughs> I'm not in the Royal Wait, you're not in? No, I'm not yeah. in it. <laughs> Black Lesnar's in it. I think. Oh, I'm out. Yeah, I'm. Well, wait, what about, you have to forget about the uh, Royal Rumble slash ladder match. How he's bringing the ladder into the Royal Rumble match. Climb the ladder, looking for the money in the brief, money in the brief briefcase, and wondering why it wasn't hanging up. <laughs> or or when he came out when the the 2015 money in the bank and he said at WrestleMania I conquered my fear of ladders and at money in the bank I'm getting the briefcase and Kane goes uh truth you're not in the match <laughs> I'm not no are you sure <laughs> truth yes I'm sure I made the match. <laughs> Oh, my bad. <laughs> He's so good. He made that 24-7 title, too. Yeah. And no one, everyone yeah. booed when that first came out, like, and fully unveiled that. People thought that was the stupidest thing of all yeah, time. Yeah, Triple H is actually thinking about getting rid of, by the way. It, it is time, but yeah. the fact that it lasted this long is because of truth. And he made, like, that first year exactly. that it was around, it was actually really over, and it was because of him. 
Exactly. So our truth yeah. is just highly entertaining and a underrated worker in the ring. That heel run and little Jimmy and all that shit, it's that's all gold. Him I and Miz were gold. Him and Miz were gold with the, the truth or whatever, the real truth. The awesome truth. Awesome truth. Awesome truth. Awesome truth. I mean, that capital punishment. Those two together against DX. Yeah, those the two DX against. The DX feud with Shawn Michaels, that was great. Huh? They wrestled DX? No, they didn't. No, they wrestled Cena and Rocket that Survivor Series, remember? Oh, I don't know why I thought DX. Sorry. No, it's all good. I, I, uh, but yeah, they they were really good together. Our truth is is the man, and my number eleven to close out today is actually a longtime partner of our truth, uh, the shaman of sexy. You only have him at eleven. Yeah, he's only at eleven. Cause I feel like I couldn't give him too much credit. Who? John Morrison. Uh, <laughs> the Prince of Parkour. Oh, that's right. They teamed up too. Yeah, they teamed up. What was the name they went, like, Black Magic and something? Like, he, he gave them a bunch of names when they went for that WrestleMania match. I can't I, I can't remember. That WrestleMania match, the weird thing about that WrestleMania match is because it was so short because Big Show really, Big Show was at that point to where, like, if he didn't want to be in the ring that long, he would just punch people in the face, and you had to sell the knockout punch. Yeah. Uh, I so, like, when Big Show was just done working, like, it, it didn't even have to be in the script. When he was just done working, he'd just punch you and be like, all right, that's my knockout blow. You have to sell it. Yeah, but Johnny Drip Drip was highly underrated. Yeah. And, like, he could have been world champion a couple times. And, he like, he was... If they wanted to go with him, yeah. In 2011-2012, they should have given him the fucking ball, and he shouldn't have pissed off Trish Stratus. That was his only fatal flaw, was that he didn't hug her at fucking WrestleMania, and it ruined his career. But before that, he was, like, tremendously over, and people really wanted to root for him. Like, he, like when you saw him and Miz, you didn't think Miz was going to be the fucking breakout star. Even though he was, you thought it was going to be Morrison. Yeah. And Morrison had, like, he, he was, before Kofi became the Royal Rumble guy, it was him. When he fucking fell off onto the barricade and then jumped back in like a spider monkey. That Royal Rumble was really... I enjoyed it because I, I liked them doing the 40 guys. Yeah. But that Royal Rumble was really weird. And like, you know, the certain things that happened, like Morrison going and, you know, hanging off the, the barricade or whatever. Yeah. And then... uh like uh, when Ted DiBiase Jr. came out with Maurice and Lawler, or Lawler goes, wait a minute, they're still together? <laughs> yeah. But, no, Morrison was fucking awesome. And he, like, I'm glad him and Miz got to have another run. And it was nice. And even though, and I'm glad he had his WrestleMania win when he won the tag team titles in a triple threat match. But we, <laughs> somehow, because of the pandemic, you remember yeah. that? Uh, and uh, somebody tore their knee, I think. Yeah, something I don't fucking know. That's but why, he won the title. So oh, yeah, or, yeah, what happened was it was supposed to be a triple threat ladder match with New Day, Usos, and Morrison and Miz. And uh, no, what actually happened was uh, Maurice didn't want Miz traveling due to the pandemic. Okay. So. Uh, Your favorite girl. Uh, yeah. But Morrison is fucking awesome. He's a legend. 
<laughs> I don't know about a legend. Well, but, and what's funny too is that like they were gonna make a lot of money off Johnny Dripsticks. Like they actually had like Dripsticks, and like uh, he was gonna, you know, shoot people in the audience with his. I mean, it's probably a bad way to put it, but with his Dripstick, <laughs> and they were actually gonna sell him his Dripstick, and I mean. The fact that him and Miz got to team up and go against who'd they go against Strowman for the title when Strowman had it? Yeah, I forgot and Strowman and had the fucking strap. It's that uh, triple threat match or whatever. Yeah, so they were John Morrison. The whole parkour shit changed the game. He was a he wasn't always a great talker, but he had cool catchphrases. So as a kid, I thought he was cool, or as a younger man, and uh, he he's, he has been a part of some cool stuff. So for for that reason, I, and Lucha Underground, he was the champion. He went to Impact. Impact. He was the champion. Yep. And Johnny Gimmick name is one of the coolest memes in wrestling. Is that he just switches his name no matter where he is. Yeah. Like it'll be Johnny Mundo, Johnny Johnny Impact, Elite, uh, Johnny Johnny Elite, Johnny Elite, or Johnny Dynamite. I don't know. Johnny I forgot Elite. he's there now. He's not, he's not doing much. Is he? It's not doing anything. I think he had like two appearances. Yeah. He might not even be there anymore. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I saw him get crushed by Miro. But uh, no, I like John Morrison a lot. All right. Send us home with some plugs and we got to get out of here. All right. Listen to Boxman and Smart, the wrestling outlet. Uh, Wednesday nights, about 10 p.m. Eastern time. They're on YouTube now. Uh, and Eric will be joining them, I'm assuming. Uh, then listen to them Sunday nights, 9, uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time for Hollywood Hangout, also on YouTube. Uh, listen to us, uh, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time every Friday night, blogtalkradio.com slash everything unscripted for the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Uh, next week, we're going to continue this discussion, and we're going to do numbers 10 through 1 of our personal favorites. Tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, blogtalkradio.com, slash everything unscripted, unscripted unlimited. And what we're going to do is we're going to create our own primetime lineup for our, for our very own sitcom channels. Yes, sir. Uh, I've been working on mine all day. So we're going to do that tomorrow. Uh, we might have other people join us. I'm not sure. It depends on who says they're going to. Uh, Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern time for the Stabcast, Daniel and Mindy. Do we have a game plan yet? No. We're going to be watching a horror movie and then reviewing it. All right. So <laughs> make sure you tune in for that. And Sharon will probably chime in. Yeah. Uh, of course that will. Absolutely. Then uh, Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern time for the web cave, Daniel and Bobby. What do we got? We're going to talk about superheroes. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're talking about well, this is the week because we switched last week and we did our Game of Thrones list part two. So we're talking about evolution of Spider-Man in the MCU. That's right. a fact. Listen, make sure you listen to that. All right. What day this week are uh, you two yahoos doing the uh, NFL hard hits? Uh, I'm available Wednesday and Thursday, Chris. Yeah, um, doesn't matter to me. Wednesday or Thursday? I'll say probably yeah, we'll Wednesday. Yeah, we'll do it Wednesday. 6.30. Okay. 
So make sure you listen to that. They'll give you a time at some point. Uh, they're gonna interv- they're gonna review week one, preview week two. Me and Zemo might do a Bill show at some point. That'll be interesting. Week. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Are we out of airtime yet? Yeah. Okay. Uh, this was a lot of fun, guys. I can't wait for next week to talk about our last ten. Uh, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to see who the last ten is. I can't wait to see yours. And uh, with that being said, everyone have a great weekend, and we'll see everybody next week. Later. Later. Later.